This podcast is sponsored by Audible. Audible, stay connected, informed, and inspired. Try Audible Premium Plus for 30 days free. Your 30-day trial comes with one credit, two credits for Prime members, good for any premium selection titles you like, yours to keep. With the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals, you can listen all you want. No credits needed. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash entertainmentrants to start your Audible Premium Plus 30-day trial today. $14.95 a month after 30 days. Cancel any time. Audible, it's time to start listening. Welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast, your number one opinion source for all things entertainment. Join host Marco Mazzola as he sounds off on the latest movies, TV, music, gaming, comic books, and more. Now, here's the man of the hour, Marco Mazzola. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Marco Mazzola, and today we have a very special guest. We're having a, uh, an interview. Our first celebrity guest, very happy to hear, have uh, Jackie Naaman-Jones. Right, did I get that right? Yes, you did. All right, awesome, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so it's really great to have you here. We, we've been trying to do this for a little while, so I'm so happy we finally were able to get together and, and make this happen. Um, so people probably know you best from, uh, it's, it's Manos, right? The Hand, the hand of Fate? Or the hands of hands fate. Of, hands of fate. Right, the hands of fate. Right, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, so, first of all, that that's a movie. It was um, it, that was when that, that was about forty years or so ago, right? Am I right? It was in nineteen sixty six. Sixty six. All right. All right. So I had that down, yeah. and I wanted to make sure that was right. Okay. And, well, people um, do the math. I was six years yeah. old. <laughs> I say all the time to my students, right? I started karate when I was eight. I'm 46. Don't do the math. So <laughs> we do it. Um, all right. So first question was, how did you get into acting? Well, my dad was in community theater when I was growing up in El Paso, Texas, and he always played the lead. And I was very, you know, interested in hanging out with my dad and being in the theater and. I actually, that's how I learned to read was running lines with him. But in 1966, he actually won Best Actor of the Year Award for playing the lead role in the play Henry IV. And that's also the play where Hal Warren, who created Manos, the Hands of Fate, found all his male actors because uh, he was in the play as well, and so was John Reynolds, who played Torgo. Oh, and uh, William Bryan Jennings, who played the sheriff. So pretty much all the... Oh, and then uh, the kissing teenager, Bernie, <laughs> he, was, he was in the crew. So really, all the, all the men came from that play. So it's kind of... I always thought that was ironic that my dad won Best Actor of the Year Award for that, the play the same year that Manos was made and is now known as one of the worst movies ever made. But so yeah, I've heard that before. I mean, that's pretty, I guess, pretty well known in the genre. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, it's been great. I've had such a good time. And while my dad was living, uh, I'd get him involved in anything possible you know he just really enjoyed it too had a good sense of humor about it but you know back then uh Hal asked my dad to play the master the lead role yep. in the movie and but he chose my dad for a number of reasons because Hal was quite the salesman and he knew how to get stuff done so my dad had a child the right age 
for the role he had written. <laughs> and we had a Doberman that made the perfect hellhound as the master's dog. And my mother was a teacher, but she was uh, a good seamstress. She made all my clothes. So she made, she and my dad designed the master's robe and she made it and she made the wife's dresses. And um, what else? Oh, my dad was an artist as well. So he did the master and dog painting and the Torgo staff and the, I mean, he, he did all the props. And, and it was like really a family affair, right? You you oh, yeah, I've always, there. yeah, I've always thought of it kind of like a, a family film. <laughs> yeah, know? definitely. I mean, it definitely seems that way. And how was that like working with the family? You know, I know it's like working with my family. So how was it back then working with yours? Well, my dad and I were very close and I, I'm an artist because of mm -hmm. him and uh, I spent every chance I could with him and living in El Paso, uh, he had an old, just an old truck that he'd written on the side. He named her uh, Tobacco Rota and uh, he and I'd go out desert scavenging where he'd find we'd find old abandoned silver mines and look for turquoise or or he'd find old shacks and uh, scavenge the wood and create things from it so you know it, it was it was great i mean my my family our whole house was always an ongoing project i mean i i used to say i grew up with a wheelbarrow, I was either hauling dirt over here, or rocks over here, or bricks, or whatever somebody needed, you know. I mean, it probably wasn't as fun at the time, but in hindsight, I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> sure, right, it teaches you like that discipline of doing it, you know. Being an artist is, is a discipline, right? Yeah. To, to start a project and be able to get to the end of a project, because I know starting projects can be tough, like, in, you know, that creativity and then seeing it through to the end, that takes a discipline yeah. to do. And you're kind of like, well, maybe I'll move on to something else, right? Which can oh, be and I do. I mean, I, like my dad, I work in a lot of different directions. So the hardest thing for me is uh, staying on one thing, you know, I'll get my whole studio cleaned up and then I'll get into a project and then I'll walk in the next day and I'm what the hell happened in here? You know, it's just a disaster. I'm looking at it now. I, God, I just cleaned yesterday, but I have four projects going. Wow. Wow. wow, wow. Yeah. We'll definitely, you definitely want to talk about that stuff. So we'll get there. I want to definitely uh, delve into um, the art and what you're doing now. So, but we'll, we'll kind of cap that towards the end as oh. well. Um, so then after that, now you did a few different roles, right? Tell us about some of the other roles you did, because I know there was a 40 year break, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? And growing up, I got very involved in theater in high school. And, um, but not much after that for a while. Um, but then because of mono, so I just started meeting people and getting invited into things like, um, uh, a local friend, Joe Sherlock, makes uh, <laughs> boobies and blood movies, and they're really fun. And I don't know how many films he's made. He's got five of them right now on Tubi, and I'm in one of them. It's called Things Five. And uh, and uh, we just filmed this weekend where I got to be a zombie chewing people. Uh, I, 
I killed like three people in the wow. park on Sunday. Yeah, ate some entrails, you know, it was really yeah. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday, you know. That's what you do. That's yeah, you but, do. Um, yeah, Manos Returns. I yep. uh, was one of the producers of that. And uh, Joe Sherlock, who I just mentioned, is our director of uh, photography in that film. Uh, and then Rachel Jackson, who created, um, she's a puppeteer in Seattle, Washington. And she created Manos, the Hands of Felt <laughs> on stage in Seattle. And you can see some clips of that on YouTube as mm -hmm. well. Um, but she was our assistant director and one of uh, the characters in the film. And, and Tanya Atomic is our director. And so I just keep meeting these people and uh, get invited into other projects. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I've been in a number of films. I've probably been in seven of Joe's right now. And the deal I said to him in the beginning was that I wasn't going to take any clothes off. <laughs> and uh, and so the joke now is that he just kills me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I get maimed or killed or, you know, or like this last movie, I was dead, but I had to, you know, oh, it was gross. I had like chopped ham, <laughs> like sandwich ham, then mm -hmm. sliced ham sliced and then dipped in Cairo syrup and yep. red food coloring. And then I had to hold that. Oh, God. Yeah, Cause you have to hold it there for a while. Right. Oh God. Action. Then it has to come out yeah. and do. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like, and, uh, <laughs> and I didn't even swallow any of it, but I'll tell you, I was like burping the rest of the day. But <laughs> well, just having to keep it sort of in your mouth until they're ready to like, have you get rid right? of it. That yeah, that's, go, that's now, a now. Yeah, <laughs> please <laughs> now. <laughs> but I'm told it came out really well on film. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Awesome. We'll look forward to that. <laughs> Do you know where it'll be? Is it sort of a uh, like an internet release, or will it be you know a small theater type release, or DVD, he, or Blu-ray? Different things. Like uh, he had a couple of his films in the film festival at Crypticon Seattle this year. He gets into some of the film festivals, or he'll show he'll do a showing at a local pub, you know that kind of thing. But now he's like I said, he got five of his films, at least five on Tubi right now so i think that's his goal is that's now you know a pretty good platform for independent filmmakers and i think he'll probably put a lot more of his stuff on there <laughs> very good yeah tubi's i like tubi tubi's a good good platform yeah it's coming along a long way so many independent independent platforms nowadays you know sometimes a little hard to keep up right because there's so many of them um, yeah. Tubi's definitely growing as one of the bigger ones out there, especially for the independent. I'm trying to remember. There's something else on Tubi right now, and I don't, I don't think it's Monos Returns. I know that's on Amazon, but um, yes, that's where I saw it. Okay, and yeah. I'm working on a new project called The Monos Chronicles. So uh, all of these films, I've been in, I've played the part of Debbie, and as as an adult and so what was that like coming sort of coming back to being debbie after all that time <laughs> well it's interesting because they're all different universes which really kind of plays into 
this multiverse theory, you know, that people have these days and, you know, a glitch in the matrix kind of stuff. Right. So it's like every part I play is a different Debbie. Um, in Manos Returns, the character of Debbie has um, grown up with the cult, you know, with the mm -hmm. master and the wives. And, uh, and then she becomes the master she takes over so she's in charge now and she's just not a very pleasant human you know she's she's you know i mean yeah. you know <laughs> going up with that right yeah and then uh and then the monos chronicles is a whole different story and you can see the trailer for that on youtube for the monos chronicles and um uh, and that's a different story. That's where Debbie escapes the Valley Lodge and the cults as a child. And she spends her life in hiding. And now she's coming out to, uh, to do some good in the world. She wants to get retribution in that way by doing good things and, and defeating evil. <laughs> wow. So a lot of different versions, as you're saying, right? Like, because it's different universes. That yeah. must be pretty freeing in a way that you don't have to follow the same sort of character. You like to play the, each character differently. Yeah, it's like fun. I, I really look forward to the Monos Chronicles because I've been doing some uh, online acting classes for a while. And uh, just the things I'm learning recently, I'm like, wow, I would really like to put some of this to work. Mm -hmm. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. So uh, you've done different roles other than just Debbie, right? And you've have you have other stuff that you have done. Is there a favorite role you've done? Is Debbie the favorite role, or in or and or which version of her so far would be your favorite? Um, let's see. I'd say my favorite right now is uh, the Monos Chronicles. I just think it's it's just so well done. I mean, I loved Monos Returns and my group and everything, but with the Monos Chronicles, that's slated to be um, like a mini series. So I'm really looking forward to different episodes and uh, and working with some of the people that I worked with on on the pilot episode, but also meeting new people because there'll be different people coming in different characters and uh and i don't know her whole plan for where the episode where the series will go in the storyline but but i trust them and they're just so great to work with so i'm, I'm excited that's that's fantastic so you said there's a trailer out for on youtube right mm -hmm. for all right so i'm going to find that and i'll put it in the show notes for the show after we're done so okay. can find that easy. Absolutely. That'll be awesome. Um, plus some of your other stuff that we want to get some links on as well for what things mm -hmm. that you're doing. Um, so you wrote growing up with Manos, the hands of fate. How uh, was a child star of the worst movie ever made? I like the title and <laughs> live to tell about it. So what made you decide to write that? Well, you know, Manos had uh, virtually disappeared for 27 years. You know, it was made and it was, I mean, everybody knew it was really bad the moment we all saw it. And the cast and crew had not been able to see it before the premiere. I mean, just little bits and pieces. So we had an idea, but not for sure until we were all actually trapped in the theater. <laughs> and it was 
bad. And I remember as a six-year-old kid sitting there excited. My dad made sure we had good seats, like fifth row center, so that I could see the screen. And waiting expectantly for to see myself. And then my mouth opens and this horrible voice comes out. And I was appalled. And I remember hearing people laughing and it was just really humiliating. And, yeah. and I think I just, I cried through the whole thing. I was just pretty humiliated, but it was the best summer of my life. Getting to hang out with my dad and being the only kid on set and being a six-year-old out in the desert at night where all the adults are busy so I, I got to pretty much do whatever I wanted. And, um, and I was a very inquisitive child anyway. I loved exploring. So, so it was really a wonderful time. And then it just didn't show after that. You know, the theater actually canceled the rest of the run because it was so bad. Right. And um, so I grew up with these stories, you know, I grew up with the memories and I held on to them tight because I couldn't find the film. And this is before internet, but right, yeah, before everything was widely available in two seconds, yeah. Right, even in high school. I mean, I graduated in 1977. So um, I, I started searching for it, you know, film libraries and universities and, um, but I just couldn't get a, get a handle on it. Right. And then 27 years go by and my dad, I'm married and I have a son and my dad calls me from the Oregon coast where he was living. And he said, you'll never believe what I just saw. <laughs> you know, that was our first indication that it even existed in the world was when it oh, wow. showed up on mystery science theater 3000. And, uh, and I called comedy central, the, it was playing on and because uh, they had an 800 number in the bottom corner of the screen. So I just grabbed my phone. Yeah. And, and if you can believe this, I actually got an, uh, an actual human that answered the phone. And uh, back in the day, I think you could nowadays forget it. Yeah, that was 93. <laughs> and uh, and I told him that I'd been looking for this movie my whole life, the my entire family was part of it. And if I could get a copy and he, he asked the name of it. And when I told him, he said, and remember, this is 27 years. I thought it was gone forever. And he says, oh, my God, are you Debbie? <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. He must have lost his mind when he, he realized it's you. Well, I, I was <laughs> shocked, you know. But So he sent me a VHS copy and um and i thought that was the end of it you know obviously it, it wasn't but yep. uh, uh gosh i forgot your original question <laughs> i knew i was getting to it what well, it was how you decided to write the book oh the book yeah, yeah. so i held on to these stories and then uh and then it became miles became famous you know amongst uh mystery science theater fans primarily and um, I realized that I didn't, since I didn't have to hold on to the story so tight anymore, I was afraid I'd start losing them. And also, there was the opportunity to, to 
I had connected with some people that had been part of the original film. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was just so much that was happening. I thought I better, I better get this all down while I can. And while these people are available to talk to, especially my dad. Right, 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 right. Because I mean, back then it wasn't like today, I think. Is there any sort of behind the scenes footage or anything like that, that, you know, when they're, you know, because nowadays it's everything's recorded no matter what you're doing. So they can easily yeah. make, you know, the, the, the second role for your, you know, Blu-ray where everything's behind the scenes, right? Documentaries. Right. Yeah. Is, is there anything like that for the show or? Well, there is a restoration of Manos. And that was um, Ben Soliday had, by chance, found the original work print that went through the camera in 1966. Wow. And it was filmed on a Filmo 70, which is basically a war footage camera from Korea, the Korean War and Vietnam. Wow. And it, it was wind up. It was, and it only shot, it was, uh, was it 16 millimeter, I think, and it only shot 32 seconds at a time, you know, and it shot silent. It, it had no sound. So the movie had to be dubbed and uh, shot on this camera. And um, see, I forgot your question again. I, I <laughs> Yeah, no, that's okay. So it just basically was there, is there, other than that, is there any oh, sort of behind the scenes stuff? Yeah. Well, there isn't because Hal Warren had to rent the camera and they had to buy the actual film. The film was very expensive because nobody was making film and there was like one camera shop around. And, uh, and so he, um, they basically used everything they shot. I mean, there is very little, but in the restoration that Ben Solovey found, it it came along with the, the the scotch tape for the editing and all that. But there was very little. Um, but if you get the the Blu-ray of it, it has everything else. So it has some behind the scenes of the wives practicing their uh, fight. You know, their wrestling seeing these young models and uh, a few things like that. But it, when you watch the actual film, you can see some of the things that didn't cut, get cut out because they had to use all the film to right. make a feature film. In fact, that's, that's one of the reasons it has that, what, six or eight minute driving scene in the beginning is that's where the credits were supposed to go, but it just didn't happen. And oh, I didn't know that. But he needed all of it to make it uh, an actual feature-length film. So there wasn't much cut. There's not much cut out no, of the film. Not very much. Cool. I mean, there's a one part where my dad is holding up Torgo's hand that he just put in the fire, and you can see the can of lighter fluid right behind him. You know, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> there's a beer bottle in one scene. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't supposed to be there. So the original sort of Game of Thrones uh, Starbucks cup in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So Manos did it first. I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so we talked about the well. You talked briefly about the Mystery Science Theater episode. What do you think it did to the public reception of the movie? 
to me, obviously, it would elevate, right? It would it brought it into even more, you know, what I mean, up to date, more now. Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. It, it became an instant hit. You know, it was voted as uh, the fan favorite several years for the Turkey Day Awards they do in November. And, um, you know, I've met Joel and I've met the Mads, Frank and Trace and Jonah Ray. I met most of the cast and crew and uh, they're just really great people. And I love their stories about it too. But um, this last December, the Mads, Frank and Trace, they have an online show called The Mads Are Back. And they decided to do Manos of Hands of Fate for their Christmas special and invited me to be a special guest. And we were able to use the restoration instead of the original film for them. So it's like, it's a beautiful print of a really terrible film. So well, it's like you get to see all the mistakes so much more clearly. Right. Um, but it was funny somewhere during the riffing uh trace said uh he goes god now i i'm kind of feeling bad for making fun of this film <laughs> it's like it's not as bad um it's taken me years to understand but i think at this point i understand that the fans love it so much because it's uh relatable to them they they can see that the effort was there it was not it was done very as seriously as possible, and it was, and the intention was to make a film. Hal's intention was he knew he wasn't making a great film, but he wanted to bring interest to the Southwest and the beauty of the area. And he he really thought that he was going to be the guy to bring the film industry to the Southwest. That was his main goal. I mean, how magical is that? That after all these years, it becomes an elevated movie. Yeah, you know? and I think nowadays, you know, movie making is a little bit more democratized because everybody can kind of, you know, shoot on their iPhone and make oh, movies, and people, make right? So people struggle to make, you know, they want they want to make their big epic great movie, but it ends up being something different, you know. So I think that gives them that motivation of like, wow, we can actually do this too. Yeah, and I mean, you see how many people start, like you talked about in finishing projects earlier, you know, talking about art and stuff. But yeah, it's like how how many films never get done and no matter what, he got it done. And he got it into a theater. As bad as it was, he finished it. And people really, I don't know, I think people really can relate. Yeah, I think people can identify big time with that, right? Because there always there's a lot of people struggling to get their stuff seen and get it out there. But now you can you know put stuff up on YouTube and and there's a lot more platforms people to get their independent yeah. stuff seen. So to see that they can identify with well if they can do it way back then, why yeah. we have the chance to do it now? And I think it gives the people a lot of inspiration to actually finish their work, right? Get the work done and finish it, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of independent filmmakers because of uh, Manos and uh, and and these days with the industry changing, you know, more women in film and uh, and uh, just opening up about gender and trans and it's just 
incredible the things that are coming out the creativity is and now we needed it we need that more now than ever because for so long everything was so cookie cutter it's the same over and over and over again right because it was always the same people doing it now yeah. with it being so open and so many different people really having uh, a strong voice and able to do this imagine all the new stories you know we're going to get to see because so much felt like for a long time like yes i've seen this story before how many times are we going to reboot this or rehash the same story now we're actually gonna get some different stories yeah some stories you know and that to me is wonderful like that's yeah. really special me too i'm i'm uh, always sharing things that i find on hulu or netflix or tubi it's like wow i'm you know like these little jewels and uh and i think the more i can talk to my friends about then they start sharing those things as well and yeah it's yeah. it's pretty cool times but it it's good things think, like that to get us here <laughs> right, but we went through a lot but think about a movie like manos which was you know like you said quote unquote the worst movie ever made and now it's got to be somebody's favorite oh gosh people you know what I mean? yeah in fact um well my next plan is to do a documentary i have so many stories and so many people it's astounding to me all the truly talented projects that have been inspired and created because of this film like mono's hands of felt the puppet theater there's trading cards there's coloring books there's several films there's um oh my god there's uh video games <laughs> i mean so many different it oh there's manos the band of fate <laughs> <laughs> and then now uh i'm teaching online i'm doing a monthly art class for yes. mr plant theater fans and uh it's called jackie's hands of paint <laughs> yes i that was one of my next questions right so you we, we've uh, I wanted to kind of get into some of the artistic projects and things that you're working on. So let's get into that. Let's start with the hands of paint. Tell us about that. Yeah, let me see where, hold on. Just one second. Oh, here they are. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, so I, I, I've been doing the paint and sit parties at bars and restaurants for about eight years. And then COVID came along and, I played with the idea of doing online classes. And after the Mads Are Back show, they said it was one of their most popular shows of the whole year. People were so excited. I was blown away at how many people were so excited to have me there as a guest. So um, I talked to Chris Gerbich, their producer. He also produces uh, Mary Jo Peel online show and uh he's producing my monthly show my monthly class it's the fourth saturday of every month but uh i'm having so much fun with it because as an artist for one thing i love teaching but it's expanding me into new styles because it's it's like well what do you choose to paint right um, I don't know where my, where is he? There he is. Oh, there he is. This is, I can't, well, the first class I did was I recreated my dad's painting, the master and dog painting. And I was a little concerned because it's not a simple painting to do, but 
I was so blown away at the students and and their interpretation. It's so much fun. And then we did um, we did Crow T Robot last month. And here's a couple more that I've painted for upcoming classes. Of course, you know, I have to do Tom Servo. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, oh, I love this one. I've been wanting to do this one. This Mothra. Oh wow. Isn't that cool? I oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And oh, <laughs> oh. So I just watched a movie that I think is worse than Monos. It's an MST movie. And I was so inspired to it helped me understand Monos better because it was so strange and horrible that I really I couldn't look away. It was like <laughs> some weird art film. And I painted something for it. It's um, the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. And then it's helpful. Oh, wow. It's wild. <laughs> I like that. And then uh, just the other day, I painted this one, uh, Gamera. Let's see if I can make this bigger. Let me see if I can make this bigger. Hold on one second. I'm trying to get a better view no i want to go the other way with that there we go <laughs> there we go okay let's make some different views all right oh wow so what do you are these you know, do you keep this in a personal collection what do you do with them well i'm gonna talk to chris about that i think um i think i'll offer them for sale because i'll have two copies of each one or two of my paintings of each one the one that i use for the class and then the one I'm painting in the class for the gotcha. class. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really expanding my art now and uh almost I the had Bob Ross third. technique, right? Yeah, actually, you <laughs> know they, three. they are comparing me in class to Bob Ross. They say oh, so funny. they're loving my stories, but huh? that I have such a I have a really calm mm -hmm. presence when I paint and uh it's almost meditative, I think. I know it is for me. And and I know in the early days when I would teach, there'd be a point in class where all of a sudden it got quiet and then I'd get nervous, like what's wrong? And I realized that people were just like into it. So it's really cool. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, I've done some work myself and it's very meditative, right? I'll mm -hmm. use art just to, you know, escape or meditate and just you know, be by myself and stay focused on it. So yeah, it definitely yeah. does. A lot of times I'll do it while watching a Bob Ross episode or something oh, like that, you, you know, and it does because that voice like yours, it just kind of gets you that calm. They actually use his voice um, for sleep therapy. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, they say it, it helps really like insomniacs to go to sleep. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so I teach... Um, you know, one class a month, and we have it set up that people can get a subscription uh, for a year for $99. Or if you just want to try out one class, it's like $20. And, um, but along with that, you get access to, I do a weekly blog, and, uh, and then we have our own student private Facebook group where we can talk and share our stuff. 
and uh, and then you get a recording as well of the classes so that if you can't attend live and some people can't but it's really great to see that they're still doing it and then sharing their work with us yeah absolutely so i'm going to make sure that i get all that information from liam and we're going to put it into the show notes so that everybody can make sure they can get on there and do that that would be wonderful yeah i mean you might see my face in there i i want to grow this audience you know i I had a 30 year career doing high-end faux finish interiors and uh, i just finished my last huge job where i was up on a scissor lift like 25 feet up Oh. And it, I was like, God, steel magnolia is what doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Right. And, um, man, I, I said, I'm cured. I, I can't do that work anymore. I, I don't want to. I, this is the direction that I want to go. I love teaching and I'm working on my own art and getting it out into the world more again. And, uh, that's just what I want to do. Just want to create and make movies, like the documentary. Oh, and you said something earlier about fans. Um, I was thinking about writing a book called For the Love of Monos because so many people have given me their personal stories about what monos means to them in their life with their friendships, how, you know, they get together with friends and riff it or... Yep. or people that are older they're they're sitting their kids down and watching it and so now there's this younger audience that's getting into it or or jokes like um the mst fan pages um what would you suggest uh which movie would you suggest for a first date and overwhelmingly it's like don't don't start him off with monos Not unless you don't want a second date, you know? Right. Well, you never know, though. Sometimes you can play that and it'll work out like magic. Oh, yeah. and there's been people that have told me that as well. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what a great legacy, though, for the film, you know, which, you know, didn't start out looking like it was going to have a great legacy and it disappeared for so long. Yeah. You know? And that's the wonderful thing about cinema. It's a wonderful thing about pop culture. You know, and, and independent culture, things like that, things come back and they get back stronger. They you know? do. Yeah. And for me, in high school, I was a fire sign theater fan. And my best friend and I, we, you know, that's LP days. And we memorized every album. Right. And we do those things at, at school. We drove everybody nuts. You know, we just had a riff for everything. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, Mystery Science Theater, they use a lot of fire sign theater riffs, you know, like, oh, he fell right over, you know, and uh, <laughs> or watch out for snakes or, you know, there's just all these things that, that, um, so Mystery Science Theater fans are very much like fire sign theater fan you know they're funny they're they're able to poke fun at themselves they're intelligent they're creative and And they're hardcore they're diehards they are and getting into this i i don't know i couldn't have planned it better for myself i mean it's i always say they're my tribe they're my people (laughs) you know absolutely absolutely so Beyond the art, beyond movies, what else do you like to do? Like what else is, you know, grabs your attention? Yeah, I, um, 
Well, I live in a tiny town of a thousand people and I raised my kids here and, uh, and now my kids live here with their kids. So I have my family close. I, and I volunteered a lot when they were growing up. I was self-employed with my faux finish business, but I also volunteered. I started the, uh, arts council here and I, volunteered at the school, we did murals, I mean, all kinds of things, but then life took over and I've decided that I'm getting involved in my community again. So just yesterday I spent three hours with um, the two bar owners next door here and uh, we dug up along the curbs and planted magnolias, you know, or planting flowers. And uh, I've taught a couple art classes at the high school here, which is really cool because now I'm getting to see the children of the kids that grew up hanging out at my house. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the generation stuff. That, yeah. that gets to me. I mean, I'm 46 and I'm already feeling that. When I see my students, so I, during the day I teach martial arts, and I've been doing it for a long time. I've been teaching since I was 15, and I opened my own school about 12 years ago, and I just saw an Instagram of a little girl who I knew, and she was like eight or nine. She just graduated high school, and I didn't even recognize her picture, but I knew it was her because I was like blown away. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm feeling it. <laughs> like I've seen these kids grow. You know, it's wonderful, but it's a little scary sometimes, but it is wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, doing something like that, it's such a, it's so great for kids. Um, I mean, in high school, I was, I was uh, a hippie chick and I was lost and um, my dad was having a lot of uh, issues. He was suicidal and it was just he and I living together and, um, and uh, my high school drama teacher was a fifth degree black belt in karate and he had studied with Bruce Lee. Oh, wow. And he started every class with Tai Chi. And yeah. I I still remember, you know, and yep. and we're friends on Facebook. I mean, he's like in his 90s now. Wow. And uh, still going to events. But uh, yeah, that that's really important. And and then when my younger son was about fifth grade. There was a Taekwondo school that had just opened close by and uh, I started taking him, but I thought, well, why just sit here for an hour? So I joined too. And Oh, wow. And unfortunately the, the school closed after a time, but, but uh, yeah, I'd love to see, get my kid, my grandkids into that. Yeah, it's wonderful. It is wonderful for it. You know, we teach a lot of life skills and things like that, not just kicking and punching. It's oh, super yeah. important. It's it super is. Important. Balance, yeah. learning balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. What else do we have? So what else did you want people to know about you? You know, beyond what we've seen, but maybe beyond what we've talked about today. Yeah. Um yeah, I just I want to get my art out in the world more. I mean, like I said, my dad when I was growing up, he we'd scavenge things and he'd turn them into art. I mean, I remember once my mom and I came home from grocery shopping and she went to hang the 
laundry on the line and one of the poles was gone because he got inspired and he cut it down and turned it into sculpture with his welding torch, you know. <laughs> so what I do is I I would I live in a very old Western Oregon town. Uh, and I raised my kids in a hundred year old house. And so I'd see old doors and windows on burn piles or leaning up against garages and it just hurt me to see them destroyed and I started collecting them but I didn't want to be a hoarder so I there's a fine line right <laughs> so I turn I yeah I turn these things into art uh like the doors I look at a door and it's got five panels say and I'll take my skill song, cut those in, and every panel becomes a piece of art. And if it's got a crackle finish because it's been in the weather forever, then I enhance that. I, I add to it. So, and, and it's interesting, too, because all those pieces inspire me. I, I realized once I was looking at some art that I did, and I realized that three three panels that I had painted all had women painted on them. And then I realized they all came from the same door. And I thought, that's interesting. Huh? <laughs> I wondered if I was channeling something. I don't know, but, yeah. but I just recently, um, I, my studio is in a old house that used to be the local clinic, the doctor's clinic here. And I have a room in this building and uh, I just got a door from next door that was the carriage house. So I know the history of it now. It was 1910. Wow. I can't wait to see what comes out of that piece. But yeah, I, I love to um, repurpose things and bring them back into the world we definitely need a lot more of that in this world right we're so easily to destroy things or use things and throw them away right so yeah. much of what we get now is meant to be tossed away in a short period of time i know i'm so intrigued i see things that people do with uh like uh somebody recently she was taking uh old fireman's hose and you know that thick hose yep. and turning them into wallets and handbags and they're just beautiful belts yeah. i'm like wow that's, that's cool. an amazing that's amazing talent yeah. you know it's amazing and it's amazing talent to take stuff like that whether it's a door or a hose and be able to turn it into something beautiful like that with somebody yeah. most people look at it and go gets in the way get it out of the way throw that away you know, yeah get rid of it you know that's that's a special skill and we definitely need more of that in this world yeah. So, yeah, besides teaching, I'd say that's those are my favorite things and the things that I want to put out in the world the most. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, I want to thank you for being time. We're about 46 minutes in, so I don't want to keep up too much more of your time. <laughs> but um, I want to thank you for joining me today. And thank like you. I said, we're going to get all the show notes and get all the links up there for you. But where can people find you, like on social media and stuff like that? Where can they connect with yeah. you? Yeah. We just uh, we we just started a, a website, but it's just in its preliminary stages. But a lot more is going to be coming. I'm I'm working on having one place to channel everything right. to. So that's uh, Jackie'sMonos.com. 
uh, spelled with an E-Y, Jackie with an E-Y. Yep. So Jackie Smanos. And then on Facebook is the Jackie Naaman Jones fan page. And uh, that's been growing pretty quickly. And I'm loving the engagement of the fans and the things that they're contributing. You know, I'm finding a lot of really cool stuff that people are contributing and the engagement. So that's a fun place. And, and I'm very responsive on there. I check it every day. Fantastic. Now, do you get, and I probably not, but I mean, do you get any sort of negativity or anything coming through that way? And how do you kind of shove that aside if there is any? Well, I mean, people have always been so kind. Um, and people have asked me, you know, how I feel about, but mostly people are kind. There's a, there's a couple of Facebook groups that I just stopped posting on because yeah. we just tend to be more snarky. And right. it's not to me, that's just the yeah, nature yeah. of the group, you know. Yeah. But then there's other groups that are just so loving and welcoming. Um, you know, and, and the thing I've always said is if you can't be the best, just make the most of being part of the worst. And I think I've done that pretty well. I think you did a great <laughs> job. I think you've done a great job with that. Fact, my, my book, Growing Up with Monos, is four and a half stars on Amazon. So and we'll have that link up there, too. I wrote a very good book about a very bad film. There you go. Awesome. And we'll definitely have that link up there too because I want people to know everywhere they can get in touch with you and, yeah. and, and get um, your stuff. And Etsy, I'll give you that link too because awesome. if people want an autographed copy of the book or uh, I've recreated my dad's painting that I sell prints and I do master's robes because my mom made the original and she taught me to sew. So I stupidly committed to making a hundred of them several <laughs> years ago. I'm going to make a hundred custom size rows. <laughs> that's a, that's a big lot. That's a, that's an ambitious one at the, off the top. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just sent off number 42. So, um, but I've made them for, I made one for a guy who's six foot eight and I made one for a woman who is four foot 11. So wow. definitely. So we should start seeing some cosplayers out there. Oh yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, Jackie, thank you so much. I'm gonna let you go. I really appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll chat offline so we can get all the information and stuff like that. Okay, all right. thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, this is entertainmentrants.com. I want to thank Jackie again for being with us today. Uh, look for the links in our, our show notes right after the show so we can get all those information on how to get in touch with Jackie and, and grab her stuff. So, uh, again, thank you very much, everybody, for being with us. Uh, check us out online at entertainmentrants.com and get out there and keep ranting. Oh.